of radio. Texas History Lessons presents an occasional daily dose of Texas history with your host, Michael. On April 19, 1875, Sentante, or White Horse as he's better known, and as we'll call him in this piece, led his few remaining followers to Fort Sill in Indian Territory and surrendered after years of waging war against his enemies. The end had come to the way of life that they had struggled to maintain against the constant westward flow of settlers onto their lands. White Horse, for a very long time, had been considered by white Texans to be the most dangerous man in a nation of fierce warriors, the Kiowa. Now his years of terrorizing settlers had reached an end. His reputation was one that he had fairly earned since his youth, and had paid for it with the blood of his foes. When he was born is unknown. A fair guess might be sometime between 1840-1850, making him a contemporary in age with the famed Comanche Quanah Parker, who was born in 1845. But this is just a matter of speculation. As a teenager, he already showed signs of being a formidable warrior, unusually strong, and an exceptional horseman in a nation of exceptional horsemen. We know that he participated in a Comanche Kiowa raid in 1865 against the Navajo on the Canadian River near the Texas-New Mexico border, killing and scalping a Navajo man. Not long after this, he participated in another attack on a Navajo village on the Pecos. On the initial assault, he had ridden into the Navajo village, grabbed a young Navajo boy by the hair, and thrown him up behind him on his horse as the fighting swirled around them. Three Kiowa died in the raid, but White Horse survived. He adopted the boy as his son. In the 1870s, White Horse gained more notoriety for his participation in many raids on the Texas settlements. On June 12, 1870, he led a raid on Fort Sill itself, stealing 73 mules. Ten days later, he and his force struck a group of cowboys driving cattle just south of Fort Sill. He killed and scalped two cowboys before the soldiers could arrive from the fort to try to attempt a rescue. White Horse then raided down into Texas, killing a man named Gottlieb Couser. Either in Clay or Montague counties, I've seen two different references to that, so it's uncertain at this time. And they took his wife and six children captive. As punishment, the Quaker Indian agent at Fort Sill, Laurie Tatum, punished them by not giving out a week's rations in August until the stolen stock, and the captives were returned. The seven coosers were returned in exchange for $100 each. Interesting policy decisions and punishment. 
one of the primary reasons for taking captives for decades had been for ransom payments. And this method just encouraged them to continue taking more captives. Now, after this, the raids in the Fort Sill area lessened, but White Horse continued to wage war against the hated Texans. White Horse killed Martin Wormser, a trooper who was escorting a stagecoach to Fort Concho on September 30th. He also participated on the famous Warren Wagon Train Raid of May 18, 1871. This is the raid where General William Tecumseh Sherman luckily passed by and kept his hair that day. And he subsequently had Satanta and Big Tree imprisoned for their participation. Satank committed suicide by trooper in a bold move on the way to trial. But White Horse, well, he stayed free. But apparently did slow his attacks for a minute. He was definitely back at it again with another attack on a wagon train in Crockett County on April 20th, 1872. Seventeen Mexican Teamsters lost their lives in this attack. On June 9th, 1872, White Horse and Big Bow attacked the homestead of Abel Lee on the clear fork of the Brazos, about 16 miles from Fort Griffin, killing Lee, his wife, and 14-year-old daughter, Frances. White Horse then carried the three remaining Lee children into captivity to be ransomed. We know that he also fought at the Second Battle of Adobe Walls in June 1874. And in 1874, that's when the United States Army decided they finally had enough. And Colonel Ranald Bad Hand McKenzie waged a devastating campaign of destruction and attrition on the Southern Plains tribes in what we call the Red River War of 1874. White Horse was present at McKenzie's September 1874 attack in the Palo Duro Canyon. White Horse again survived the battle, but the loss of their homes and horses proved too much for both the Kiowa and the Comanche. Now, all of the above attacks are all the ones that we know of. Who's to say how many more this very dangerous man, this very bad man, you might say, attacks he participated in in his war of terror against the white settlers of Texas. Now back in Fort Sill in February, White Pago, known, better known as Lone Wolf, he led his Kiowa band in to surrender. White Horse followed on April 19, 1875, and Quanah Parker and his followers of Comanches finally followed the trail into Fort Sill on June 2, 1875. Now, because of his reputation for violence and terrorizing the frontier settlers, White Horse was among a group of 27 Kiowa that Kicking Bird selected for incarceration at Fort Marion in Florida. Many of these people did not return from that sentence, but White Horse did, returning to Indian Territory in 1878, and after years of wreaking death and spilling blood, White Horse spent his remaining years living peacefully with his family. Having lived as a warrior until 1875, 
Sentante, White Horse, the most dangerous man in the Kiowa Nation, died from a stomach ailment in 1892. And one point I want to bring up is just trying to imagine the fierceness of these attacks. It's hard to imagine what something like that would have been like. And it's only been seen in a few movies, I think, that even come close to replicating the quickness and terror that must have been involved. One of which is The Revenant. Okay, so that's going to be your daily dose of Texas history. We'll be back soon in a day or two with more. As usual, the theme music is by the great Derek McLennan, so thanks again to him, and go check out his songs everywhere that you get music. And I want to end the show with a special song. I was fortunate recently to attend a concert where there were three performers, two of which I have shared here before on Texas History Lessons. The opening act was a talented singer-songwriter, Jacob Ryan Marshall. He was great, put on a great show. And that was followed up by Mondo Salas and his band, Rosemond. Mondo played acoustic, and he was joined by J.W. Wesson on electric guitar. It was an amazing show, amazing performance. And they were followed up by none other than Zach Welch, who I played recently. And this was his first full band, full live band performance. And unfortunately, there weren't a lot of people there to see it. And hopefully more people are going to get out to see all three of these gentlemen as they perform more often. But I got to tell you, all three of them exceeded my expectations. They were so good, so much energy. Listening to Mondo play live, raise it to another level. I already loved his music having listened to it for many, many months. But seeing him, he's just as good as he sounds live as he does in his recordings. And there's something special he conveys when his performance itself. And Zach, what can I tell you about Zach Welch? He's just as talented and amazing and funny in person as you could ever imagine if you've listened to some of his songs. And for a first-time performance by a live band, i got to tell you, it seems like they have been together for years already playing. So I wish nothing but the best for all three of them. It's great to meet all of them and look forward to seeing them again and listening to a lot of new music from them. But we're going to select a song by Mondo Salas and his band Rosemond. This is all we got. So we'll see you again for another Daily Dose and some full lessons here soon. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Be kind. Adios.